0: Assalamu alaikum alaykum wa rahmatullah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. In 2015 was my first opportunity to perform hajj. And hajj is always special. But the first hajj always has a very unique taste, a very unique thinness in the air. And I ask Allah to write for us and you at least one hajj. An accepted hajj, a pure hajj, before we meet him. Allahumma amin. So it was four years after I was forced to leave my studies in the College of Hadith in Medina. Uh, A very difficult decision, but my father was very ill and uh, so I left. And it was the first time back in four years. And it was exactly four and change months after my father, Rahimahullah, uh, passed away. And I remember being in Medina before the Hajj rituals even started. And uh, I got into a taxi to make my rounds, uh, certain places that I wanted to visit or revisit. And the taxi driver was uh, a man with clearly aging features. And so I said to him, where are you from? Because he had an impeccable uh, Saudi accent. Uh, and usually those who come for the jiwar, they call it. They come to be in the company of the Prophet وسلم, in his city to live and die and live off of people's charity the new age Ahl al if you will. Uh, not necessarily recommending it, but just a beautiful intention. You can tell they're not from that part. But this person was an elderly man of Asian features that uh, had a flawless Saudi accent. So I asked him, where are you from? All of this is happening in Arabic, of course. Uh, he said to me, I'm from Bukhara. I'm from Bukhara, the land of Imam al-Bukhari, right? Uzbekistan. Uh, and I said, how long have you been here? He said... I was born here. This man was roughly 65 years old. I said, oh, Subhanallah, how many generations? He said, my grandfather, and this is my Hajj story for everyone. And inshallah, it is all that you need to hear (laughs) to decide to make Hajj every single time that you can. And immediately next year, if you've been putting it off. He said, my grandfather had all girls, all his children were daughters. And he said, Oh Allah, if you give me a boy, I'm going to make hajj for you. And you shouldn't do that, by the way. The Prophet wasallam said, You know, vowing that if Allah does something for you, you're going to do something for him. Uh, it's as if you're implying he hasn't done anything for you. That's why the hadith says, that's how you pull something out of a stingy person, a vow, right? Uh, and so... Hajj is obligatory to begin with, right, on every capable person. But he he made this vow and Allah granted him uh, a boy, which is the father now of the brother driving me around, the taxi driver. He says, and so when my father was about 12 years old, my grandfather decided that he had to uh, hold true on his promise to Allah. And he said, we have to make Hajj. So he took my father and they traveled south. Uh, all the way down to India. And then they ran out of money. He says, and they did not have enough money to buy their tickets to get on the ship, to cross the sea, to get to Arabia. He says, and so they worked, can you imagine, for two years uh, to put together the money to get on the ship. He says, at the end of the second year, it was time for uh, the voyage. And we did not have enough money for two tickets. My grandfather and my father had enough money for one ticket and change. And so uh, the seaman or the captain basically uh, sympathized with their situation. He let them board anyway. And so they got on the boat and they traveled across the water Uh, till they got to, let's just say, roughly Saudi Arabia. He says, the moment we got to Saudi Arabia, I think he told me Jeddah, because the ports are in Jeddah and there are others. As well, he says, my grandfather died. And so now my father is all alone there at 14 years old. He said, and he would just, you know, uh, loiter, if you will, in the streets and come to the masjid uh, and they were, at the time, selling citizenship to Saudi Arabia for one real. One real nowadays is about 25 cents U.S. Uh, he says, and whoever d- couldn't afford it uh, was going to get apprehended, arrested, could get deported. So after getting there, he was about to get sent back or sent away or imprisoned. Uh, or may Allah forbid, uh, worse, you know, get abducted into some trafficking uh, dynamic human trafficking, and so he said, I was in the masjid and the officers grabbed me and I explained to them my situation, my father just died, and I'm here all alone, I have no money, I don't even have the wonder yet. And so Allah opened uh, his heart, the heart of the officer to this man and he wrote my father, the taxi driver is telling me, he wrote my father a Saudi citizenship uh, and uh, he became a Saudi citizen. He said, and then the hajj season began, and a uh, a hajj group from Jordan, a hajj group from Jordan showed up, and we interacted, and we became friends, the owner of the hajj group, and when he realized I had a Saudi citizenship, <laughs> he married me to his daughter. Uh, this is the father narrating. And so this 65-year-old Uzbeki driver, Uh, Allah bless him and protect him if he's still alive says that's my mom that's my dad they performed Hajj together uh, the Uzbeki man from Bukhara and the Jordanian woman the daughter of the owner of the Hajj company and then they relocated to Medina Uh, and they've been there ever since and uh, I was born there uh, 60 some odd years ago. So he's saying like, this is an amazing story, but then he turns around to me and I'm just like crying like a baby (laughs) and I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not loving it at the moment. I look back at it now and it's so beautiful, but, uh, I had just lost my father. And so I'm just sitting there telling him and your dad, your dad, what about your dad? Did he ever go back home? Did he ever see his sisters again? Uh... And he's just like, no, he had no way to get home and no reason to get home. And just life moves on. And I said, SubhanAllah, this is really an amazing hajj story because, you know, you read about the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and how like Asma bin T'umais, she delivered her baby as they were exiting Medina and she just wrapped herself up and kept it moving. She was not going to let go of the opportunity to make hajj with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And she went to hajj carrying her newborn in her postpartum phase, you know, it's a two-week journey at the very least. And so you think about this story of this uh, 14-year-old father of the Uzbeki uh, driver, you think about the Sahaba and the difficulties uh, of hajj, you know, years and years and years ago, and then how easy it is for us nowadays. And so we are not doing... Allah Azza wa favor by uh, prioritizing this hajj as if, and I don't mean that you know condescendingly, a pillar of Islam. This is absolutely serious and I don't think many of us uh, take it as seriously as we should. Uh, we need to mobilize assets when we have them. We need to prioritize the best we can. We need to make sure that we are excused in front of Allah for trying our very best to fulfill our debt to Him. Allah subhanahu wa taala said that wa lillahi and it is for Allah a right for Allah upon the people. The people are indebted with this to make Hajj to the sacred house. ista'taa ilayhi sabila, for whomever is able to do so. Wa man fa inna And whomever turns their back, whomever feels like they have no need, Allah azza wa jal has less of a need. He is praiseworthy without people coming to his house from every direction, left and right to praise him subhanahu wa ta'ala. So may Allah write for us and you a hajj and an accepted hajj and make it a means for us to to get back home, to get to Jannah with our fathers and our forefathers and our mothers and our ancestors uh, and the prophets and the righteous. Allahumma ameen. JazakAllah and everyone. Assalamu alaikum wa barakatuh.